0: Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, and you just happen to have something with the first couple of verses there on it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send you another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever keeps my commandments and keeps them has my commandments and keeps them loves me whoever loves me will be loved by my father and I will love them and reveal myself to them this is the word of the lord thanks be to god when i titled this message i called it if but i could have i could have expanded that a little bit and called it if then and you know, when a, when a sentence starts with if, you just know to expect a then, right? In rhetoric, you call that a conditional statement. For example, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But this conditional sentence from Jesus, it comes with an and, a promise, if you will. And I will ask the Father, and he will send you another companion who will be with you forever. So let's start with the and, the promise of the Spirit. In his wonderful book, Reformed Theology, Dr. Shirley Guthrie, and I know it's a man named Shirley, but he's not the only one because he was a junior. (laughs) Shirley Guthrie has written helpfully about the mystery of the Holy Spirit and the Trinity. He wrote that early early Christians could not talk about God without talking about the Holy Spirit. The same God who has got over us as God the Father and Creator and God with and for us as the incarnate Word of, and Son is also God in and among us as God the Holy Spirit. Well, then things get complicated. Yes, it's... No, that's fine. Reformed theology, Reformed theology by Shirley Guthrie Shirley. Okay. Sure Well things then get complicated he asks but how are we to understand this Holy Spirit on the one hand the spirit is the spirit of God as we read in Corinthians and on the on the other hand the spirit is the spirit of the son in that passage we read from John 14 Jesus promises his disciples He'll pray the Father to send another advocate, the Spirit of truth to be with them. But then he says, I am coming to you. So is the Spirit the Spirit of the Father or the Spirit of the Son or a third party? Well, is what the Holy Spirit wills and says and does, A, the same thing or B, something additional to or C, Something different from what the Father and the Son will say and do. Well, it's a mystery, isn't it? What we know is that Jesus said he would not leave us orphaned, but would send another comforter or advocate, counselor, guide. The Greek word there used is parakletos, which no what I've read is that no single word in the English language quite gets to it, to translating it just right. So sometimes refer to this person of the Trinity as the paraclete. Well, whatever you think of the theology or all the terms used, and they can get complicated and confusing, what we have here is a is phenomenal. What we have here is the promise of power, guidance and comfort of God, God with us, Christ with us, the Spirit with us. The promise of the Holy Spirit was the and. So let's get back to the if and then. Well, those conditional statements, they have two parts, the antecedent and the consequent. Don't worry, there's not going to be a test. I just think of it as the if part and the then part. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The if then does not say, if that somehow we're miraculously good enough, deserving enough, worthy enough, then God's going to love us. God already loves us. Just where we are. Just how we are. In fact, God loved us so much that Jesus died For us, we call that grace, amazing grace, marvelous grace, all-sufficient grace. For some, that just sounds, oh, it sounds too good to be true. When we face up to our bad decisions and our flaws and our weaknesses, sometimes we don't feel all that lovable, do we? Especially not lovable by Almighty God. That reluctance to trust God's grace causes, it causes us trouble. It's caused trouble since the days of Adam and Eve. In fact, the, the famous reformer, Martin Luther, Martin Luther said that the sin underneath all our sins is to trust the lie of the serpent. That we cannot trust the love and grace of God. And that somehow we've got to take matters into our own hands. That's the serpent's lie. What Jesus says is that if we love him, then we will do what he told us to do. We'll keep his commandments. So what are his commands? Well, a few come to mind readily. The golden rule, for example. Remember Matthew seven twelve. Jesus says, treat people in the same way you want people to treat you. Don't you know the interstate and Facebook and a whole lot of other things would be a lot better if we did that? <laughs> Treat people like you want to be treated. One commandment I see posted on on the Internet a lot, funny, funny enough it's often by non-Christians, but it's that first commandment of Matthew 7, don't judge so you won't be judged yourself. Well, consider a few other of those commandments. There's one that where Jesus calls us to repent, to change our hearts and lives. When he called the disciples, he said, "Follow me." Which he says to us as well. Jesus tells us to be full of joy and be glad because you have a great reward in heaven. Another place in Matthew, Jesus says, "Let your light shine. Shine before people so that they can see the good things you do, and praise your Father who is in heaven. Also in Matthew 5, Jesus tells us not to be angry with our brother or sister. In fact, we're supposed to reconcile, to make the, even before we give an offering, to reconcile with our brother or sister first. We're also told to turn the other cheek. Not go eye for an eye, I'm going to slap you back because you hit me, but turn the other cheek. We're told to go the second mile. We're told to love our enemies and pray for those who harass you. We're told to be careful that you don't practice your religion in front of people in order to draw their attention. Also in Matthew, Jesus warns us stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them up. Instead, collect treasures for yourself in heaven. But wait, now, all these, all these commandments I've been telling you about here were in Matthew, and we were reading from John, right? What commands does John, the Gospel of John, report? Well, Mainly two of them. When the the risen Jesus grilled breakfast for the disciples on the beach. It's the 21st chapter of John. You can look it up. He told Peter three different ways. Feed my sheep. It is to care for God's children, right? And you remember that Jesus gave us a new commandment earlier in John, the 13th chapter, saying, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you must also love each other. Well, maybe you're wondering, is there some way to summarize all this long list of commands? Well, you remember that Jesus was once asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your being and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second, the second is likened to it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. Thanks be to God. There is one other commandment from Jesus written in the last two verses of the Gospel of Matthew. Where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this age. Now may the love of God uphold you, the light of Christ guide you, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy now and forever. May God bless the food that has been prepared for us, the hands that have prepared it, and especially the fellowship we enjoy together. Amen.